Hi listeners, Scott here with a quick content warning for this episode. We delve a little bit into Greg's tragic backstory this episode, so there are descriptions of drug use and the aftermath of traumatic loss. If you listen with young children, or you're not in a place emotionally where you can hear that sort of thing, please feel encouraged to skip a 5-minute section at approximately the 44.5-minute mark. When you hear this sound, that is an indication to skip forward 5 minutes. With that said, please enjoy the episode. Previously on Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. Welcome to the floating city of Gamladina. It is nighttime now, so Greg, you're not in any existential danger. Can I be on a boat? Sure, you can be on a boat, just don't capsize. He says with a wicked grin. I'm going to leave all of you now to go meet my client. I'll be leaving the rest of you here. Please find your own accommodation. I bid you all a good month. And he just walks away. You can find lodgings. You can find something to eat. You can go directly to the market. Find our lodgings. Find our lodgings. Start a fight in a bar. The first place that you come across has a sign that reads the chiseled jaw. There is laughter. There's carousing. At the center of it all, this strapping gentleman in the shiniest armor and the billowiest cloak. Juan, please introduce your character. Oh. <laughs> oh. Wait, we have a guest? Hello. Nice to meet you. My name is Martello Limo Ramiro Ursino Agosto Tursi. I don't like him. So tell me, what brings you all to Gambladina? Shopping. We have a list that we're supposed Wait, to... Wait, uh... shut your mouth. You're here for shopping? We have to go to the Gambladina Night Market. To the Night Market, sir! To the Night Market! To the Night Market! The Night Market originated because the wealthy young socialites of the town would have outdoor dance parties in the evening. Eventually, sellers of fine wares would come out at night to do most of their sales. And so eventually it just became this part of the culture that there's a party every single night and you can find pretty much anything here at the night market. Do you happen to know where they sell saltwater taffy? Build my world for me, Juan. Martello's established to get every name wrong. So I can say whatever name I want. Oh my God. And you're probably gonna have to come up with a different one. <laughs> Damn, That's I <laughs> Tanya's Taffy Emporium? Teddy's Taffy Emporium, sir. Yes, Tabitha's Taffy Emporium. Very good, sir. Teddy's Taffy Emporium. Let's go to Theodore's Taffy Emporium. <laughs> Please add three pounds of saltwater taffy, banana, watermelon, and what was the third pound? Extra sweet. She's gonna take it all and thank him, Teddy profusely and take a, a small little piece of the watermelon and pop it in her mouth and then suddenly her face falls as she realizes oh, sweetheart the tragedy i don't know the full story but this is really depressing as i was saying before we're gonna try to find some sort of adventurer's guild or a beast master or apothecary that might have griffin blood gorgon blood manticore bile oh yes let's go to patricia's popular potus yes to patsy's potions <laughs> I do actually have Griffin blood, darling. And I'm going to try to charm her as much as I can. Can I give the help action by just being amazing? Yes. Yes, you can. I assume that an apothecary would have powdered belladonna here. Darling, don't ask about such things in here. All right, I do have it, but it's going to cost you. Meanwhile, Martello's outside like, I'm glad everything here is completely legal. Do you have pure arsenic as well? They come in two ounce jars. And four pounds of powdered sample gun. I am Anton. Welcome to the Natural Philosophy Supply Superstore. Small, medium, large, round bottom flasks. 
30 feet rubber tubing. Well done, my friend. You are now the proud owner. Shall I package these for you? What do you want to do next? Yes, let's go to the chisel jaw first, so that way we can set down all of this disgustingly heavy stuff that we have. Yeah. As you enter, on the opposite side of the bar at the very end, a half-elf with terrible burn scars on the right side. He is missing that eye and that ear. Greg, there's something wrong about him, and you can't exactly put your finger on what until he shifts his weight and something catches your eye behind his chair. A sword and shield. The sword seems to be very well made, but the shield seems to be made of a shell, and you recognize the pattern on that shell. And that's where we'll be picking up. Welcome back to Rock's Fall, Everyone Dies. I'm Scott, he, him, and I'm the DM. Hi, I'm Tommy, he, him pronouns, and I play Lieutenant Banked Marceau. Hi, I'm DeSombra, she, her pronouns, and I play Greg. Hi, I'm Lena, she, her, and I play Sanjana. Hi, I'm Jin, they, them, and I play Bambi. And guest starring Juan, he, him, as Martello Limo Ramiro Ursino Agosto Tursi. You're sitting near the cauldron, one hand idly poking the coals with a long branch, and the other held firmly in Rosa's grasp as she layers on a thick, uneven coat of claw polish. The hatchlings are running up and down the beach, some digging for clams, some wading in the water fishing with small spears. Spike and Accusio are behind you at the tree line, beating away at a hollowed log drum they put together. Well, Spike is. Accusio has pulled his head into their shared shell, doing his best to ignore the noise. My turn! Rosa cries. As you look down, Rosa has painted not only your claws orange, but a good amount of hand as well. Rosa is holding out the pot and brush to you, little droplets of orange claw polish speckled all over her shell. Oh, this is, um, I guess it's good. You did a, you did your best. What color you want? I want to match you. Good choice. All right. I guess let me, um, give me a second so these can, like, uh, dry a little bit. And I'm going to look over the cauldron to kind of just make sure everything's still simmering. So Grok and Lim will be back this evening. They went a trading in town, left you in charge of the other kids. So as your fingernails dry, Rosa is just going to wander around trying to pick up bigger sticks and mimicking your motions, poking at the fire and taking a spoon and stirring every once in a while, basically doubling every one of your motions. So at some point, you do hear a commotion by the beach, and you see Vincenza loping toward you holding a large crab by the claws. Zilgar, look it! She spins around with the crab. The morning sun dances across the pattern on the back of her shell. If this were a movie, this is where we would cross-fade in on the shell into the same shell now fashioned into a shield at the side of this burned half-elven figure drinking quietly at the back of the chiseled jaw. So now that we're back at the chiseled jaw, let's enjoy some drinks. You wanted to go to a party, right? Yes, well, I think that we should go get a room and put all our stuff in. Then we can delegate from there what we want to do. So 
as they're talking, Greg just throws everything to the ground. Uh, oh. Okay. Were you carrying the box with the round bottom flasks? I was carrying most of it because I'm the person who can carry 300 pounds. Right. I would like you to make just a straight D20 roll. So I rolled a three. Everyone else hears a unsettling crash and tinkle. But Greg, you are focused. You are laser focused. The moment that he throws everything down, Bambi steps in front of him. That's going to be initiative if you try and do that. Even just for a distraction? I'm saying you can, but that's going to be initiative. I'm going to do it. I'm going to roll initiative. Just Bambi and Greg. Martell is distracted looking towards the bar talking about drinks. Yeah, Banked is just confused. I rolled a 14. I rolled a nine. All right, so Bambi does get to move first. Bambi's going to step in front of him and try to put a hand on his chest, trying her best to make eye contact. Let's call it persuasion. And Greg, let's use intimidate to counter it. Okay. A two. Three. So Greg, you won the roll. You get to decide whether Bambi's persuasion worked or not. If you had lost, you wouldn't have that option. Greg is not looking at Bambi at all and is still looking at that shell and is determined to stomp over to the person with a shield. In that case, you are stomping over then because it is now your turn. He's going to go to grab the guy and push him up against the wall. And he's going to say, where did you get that? Where did you get that? In his face. So that would be an attack roll, actually, to make the grab. And then an athletics roll to contest. Ooh, nice. So I got a 19 and a 5 damage. And I'm also doing another roll, you said? Yes. So you're not doing damage. What you're basically doing is you're trying to physically connect. And you're going to roll another uh, athletics check. I got a 24. All right. So the 19 does connect. 24. That is impressive. Ouch, Have the rest of us noticed anything? I, I mean, I assume by the crashing and stuff, I turn to see Greg storming over. I walk over next to Greg to see what the hell's going on. With Bambi trailing after him, trying so hard to just grab onto him, and it's just not working. I'm not stopping Greg, but I am curious on where this is going to lead, and I'm going to back up Greg if it's needed. Since everyone else has chimed in, Sanjana, what are you doing? Huh. Waiting for the whole world to explode. I'm going to stand on to the side. I don't want to get any guts on me. And we know that Martello isn't really paying attention. He's Well, I mean, at this point, (laughs) if, like, everyone's starting to move, because he was talking to Bamt when Bamt went over. I guess Martello would then notice. But he would just be very confused at this point, because he would have no frame of context. Wait, who? Oh, Bamt. Bamt, sorry. And also, Bambi went from holding his arm to frantically trying to push Greg backwards. Oh, yeah, that's right. Bambi has been holding onto my arm for, like, the last hour. So. <laughs> and trying so hard not to burp. At some points with, the like, the swing of the arm, Bambi's just got carried with you. But back to resolving the grapple, Greg. 24 is a really good roll. I will say this without hesitation, without reservation. But I think a 26 beats it. Oof. As soon as you try and shove this person against the wall, you find that your hand has been moved out of the way and you've been pushed back. Now this person, this grizzled half-elf, is smiling at you. Fun this is. So he's going to attack him. Awesome. 
Let me just go ahead and roll in initiative. Just a moment. We all see this is happening, right? Yeah, everyone's seeing this. Is everybody else rolling initiative as well? Because Bambi's trying frantically to stop him. Yeah, and if there's an active fight going on right now. Yes. Okay, so this guy is working at a 22. Donjon is perking up at this point. Greg was at a 9. Bambi was at a 14. I'm also at a 14. I'm also assuming this is a crowded bar, right? Like- oh, yes. It is about one in the morning in a town that has no bedtime. Sarah's just, like, sitting around drinking. Whoa, whoa, this isn't fighting hour. This is about the time they start singing songs about me. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to pin our initiatives up top. Oh, yeah, pin it. Good, because I don't remember it. (laughs) (laughs) So the person who Greg has just started a barroom brawl with is at a 22. Ballroom blitz. (laughs) Ballroom Blitz. Martello is running at a 15, Banked at a 14 with the higher modifier, Bambi at 14, Greg at 9, and Sanjana at a powerful, powerful natural one. (laughs) The most dexterous of us. (laughs) I mean, it works with what she said. So we're going to call this the top of the initiative round. Right. A smiling, grizzled half-elf arrayed in chainmail, and he takes a big old haymaker, and he is going to roll his attack roll. So a four plus any number of things is probably not going to bypass Greg's armor. No, probably not. He's a 17. He punches you and you turn sideways and it glances off the back of your shell. Now he's got his dukes up, got his hands in a nice high fighting style. He has daisy dukes on? Oh, that's amazing. Those teeny tiny shorts. He's confident and he's not afraid to show it off. Yeah. He knows what his legs look like. You know what? Banked wishes he had those legs, honestly. Damn. Oh, and now he can. <laughs> Martello never misses leg day. <laughs> so Martello, speaking of never missing leg day, it is your turn. It's two different conversations. <laughs> too bad we're too distracted to admire Martello's legs. Yes, yes. Martello, it is your turn. Okay. So I do have two questions before I do anything. Yes. Question one. Do bar fights happen a lot in the chisel jaw? I'm taking inspiration from your theme song. Okay. So I would assume, yes, no one fights like Martello. All right. (laughs) No one. (laughs) (laughs) He literally has the I used Ultra Self to turn myself to Nathan Lane. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Yes, it's true. I've got twice to spare. spare. <laughs> and then there's three women at the bars. They're all identical, wearing different colored dresses. <laughs> He's gorgeous. Keep in mind, they're saying that while I'm holding up the entire bar with them sitting on it. <laughs> the entire establishment. <laughs> yeah, just the entire establishment. The whole <laughs> building on his shoulders. He went outside, he walked down to the foundations, he just got a good grip on it, and as we said, he never skips leg day. <laughs> and then Banked rolls his eyes, walks away, and says, I could do that. <laughs> Martello tosses him the bar. Oh, all right, then here. here, <laughs> <laughs> Banked. Okay. <laughs> all right, but jokes aside. I okay. fear that we've gotten off track. A little bit. Sorry about that. No. Okay. <laughs> Never. Uh, my second question is, do I know this elf? History check. All right, let's do this. Don't worry, Martello always knows his history with my negative one. Oh, oh no. Or he'll make it up. <laughs> hey, 16, not bad. Okay. 
You don't know this person personally. You know him by reputation. The name escapes you, but you're more than happy to make it up. It was a D something. Danton. Clearly, Danton. But you know that he is someone that, generally speaking, is quite dangerous. He is not a law-abiding citizen, and the fact that he came to your bar shows that he is not afraid of anyone. And, all right, let's just come out and say it. He's a pirate. Okay, he is a pirate, and he dare walks into my establishment? Okay. Danton! (laughs) He shouts it as though, like, they're very familiar, even though they're not. My old nemesis! (laughs) Who are you? (laughs) He's not even gonna run over, he's just gonna full-on, like, single leap the distance. Don't you have those? Yep, I do have that thing. It is done. And as I'm coming down, I'm pulling out my hammer. As I'm just shouting, not in this establishment. It's the full on squash and stretch. You land and your body just compresses and the wood underneath you curves under. And then like a little wave of wood happens around you. Then you snap up. Are we still in the Matrix? <laughs> Martello follows cartoon <laughs> physics. How have you not figured this out? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I got that. I got you advantage by just existing. <laughs> Uh, Martello rolled an attack. He rolled a 26 to hit. Oof. Awesome. With the hammer. With the hammer, yes. Is there any other kind of flavor that you want to add to that strike? When he lands, instead of swinging his hammer downward, he draws it, twirls it in his hand, and goes for a straight hammer uppercut. Ooh. (laughs) You know, the type that if it happened in a cartoon, the guy would be lifted off his feet by a foot or two? Cartoon physics it is. Roll your damage. 11. Absolutely average. (laughs) Oh, and I get a second attack. In the cartoon physics of if he's lifted up at all, I'm going to go for like a second swing at his stomach. You're not welcome in this bar. I'm guessing a 13 misses. It does not hit. Okay. So as you swing up, he takes it on the chin. He's lifted up on his tippy toes. And then as you swing toward the belly, he pushes your hand to one side and it flies past and your momentum carries you past him. And now we are looking at Banks' turn. Sure. I'm going to use my bonus action and I'm going to use Hexblade's curse on him. My sword is going to jut out of my hand as I'm going to take a strike trying to stab the guy. Does a 25 hit? A 25 does in fact hit. Cool. Eight plus two damage is 10. Also, for future reference, I get a crit hit on a 19 or a 20. Fun. Bambi, it is your turn. What is Greg doing right now? Greg was trying to hold him against the wall and was pushed off. Okay. She's going to uh, get into a ready stance with her quarterstaff. She's not going to actually attack with anything. She's going to try to look at Greg. What is happening? So talking is a free action, unless you want to actually try and do something with it. I'm going to step in front of him. Okay. Not towards him, but with my back to him. I will defend him. Oh, okay. But I want him to know that he needs to calm down. So you are bodily interceding between Greg and this guy. Yes, and I will beat the crap out of this guy if Greg asks me to. But first off, I want to know what's going on. Okay. So you're just moving to intercede. Yeah. And I guess you're just talking as a free action, and that's about it. Okay. Greg, it is your turn. Greg is still really upset. I'd imagine so. And he's going to cast Prestidivigation on the guy's clothes, and he's going to try to light them all on fire. Whoa. Unfortunately, I don't think it works that way. Darn. Prestidivigation can light a small campfire. It's only a campfire. 
like you still would need the wood and the kindling there. Think of it as one of those Chris Angel things where he like lights his thumb on fire. But we're covered in alcohol, so I can't just light alcohol on fire and shove it in his face. You didn't never mentioned alcohol. Do you want to light a drink on fire and splash him? Yeah, I'm going to grab the closest drink and I'm going to light it on fire and I'm going to throw it on his clothes. Hey, man, that's my drink. Also, I'm not answering your question. I'm sorry. I'm too angry. It's okay. I'm going to do something purely on a whim here. And I am going to use a deep percentile to determine what proof this alcohol is. Ninety-nine, 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 ninety-nine. 71%. Everclear. Normally this would be like two actions to light it and then throw it. But this is fun. So I'm going to let this happen. Roll me a d20 plus your dexterity modifier. Oh, jeez. 14. You light it. Chuck it. It shatters against the wall. So the drink spills along the floor. And now we're just going to hope the bar doesn't catch on fire. So right now the floor is on fire and we're in a mostly wooden place. What time period are we in? Medieval-ish. Yeah. But this is a town built on a river delta reef type deal. So I'd imagine mostly wooden construction, maybe some seashell-based cement as foundations. That's what I thought. Okay, cool. So that wasn't a problem at that time, everything lighting up on fire. That was sarcasm, yes. That's a problem for all of us. Anyway, Greg is very angry. He Does he have any more actions left other than that? Let's say no. <laughs> so Greg lighting the bar on fire and specifically not answering Bambi. Sanjana, it is your turn. There's always fire. I don't understand. Okay, anyway, I want to use my new magic daggers. Awesome. <laughs> How close is he? So this is a bar fight, Sanjana. There is not a lot of space in general, and there are a lot of people. Dodging and weaving, it would take you a move action to get up to him, and you would still have your action. I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to hit him and then get him with the offhand as well, because I have two magic daggers. Cool. So go ahead and roll for the attack. I rolled a 14. That's not going to hit. All right, but I have my second one. I rolled a 12. Not going to hit, sorry. It clinks against chainmail armor. That is the end of one round. The smiling, scarred, gnarled half-elf is going to do a duck and roll and grab his sword and shield from the table next to his bar and hold up the shield in a defensive position. He places the arm inside the carapace, grabbing at some bar inward, and now his hand is essentially gauntleted in this turtle shell. Fist fight, I thought this was. <laughs> he also grabs his sword. Interacting with objects and donning shield and sword, that's his action. So his move was round, and then he has the shield, and that is his turn. Martello, you're back. Fisting's too good for a pirate like you. <laughs> True. As he swings again. <laughs> so title please oh, oh, oh. yes no we have to keep it pg come on oh, okay on my first hit i only rolled a two so only eight damage what'd you roll first to hit i rolled a 26 yeah that'll do it yeah i tend to roll 19s on my first attack i can't help it it's, it's a curse so damage the damage i rolled a two so that's a total of eight Alrighty. Since he's putting up the shield, I'm swinging wide to try to like get around the shield. And on my second attack, I'm going to try to flick my hammer upward towards his chin again. There we go. Nat 20. Wow. That'll do. That always hits. 
So, okay, let me just quickly review things in Martello's head real fast. He saw a pirate in his bar, and now his bar's on fire while he's fighting this pirate. Yes. Obviously, by the associative property, the fire must be the pirate's fault. Clearly. Oh, man. In that case, on the strike on the head, I, I am going to dump a first level. So what are you dumping? Spell it out for everyone. So I will be dumping a level one smite. Okay. That would double that as well. So let's do all this damage. Yeah! <laughs> so for the regular bludgeoning damage, that's 14 damage. Okay. And quick question, is this guy considered evil? Subjective. He is using the shell of a murdered six-month-old turtle as a shield. Okay, so in that case, this much radiant? 29. Hold. Oh, man. <laughs> <sighs> no one smites like Martello. No one hits like Martello. <laughs> wow. He deals so much radiant damage. Yes, it's true. He's got smiting to spare. <laughs> Question. Yes. Isn't casting a smite spell a bonus action? Let me get it on here. Divine Smite. When you hit with a melee weapon attack, you can expend one spell slot to deal 2d8 radiant damage to the target plus 1d8 for each higher spell level. Oh, actually, sorry. I need to subtract 2d8 from that because I forgot that 5e does not specify evil, just other stuff. So subtract the last 2d8 from that. So that's a 7 and a 5. So minus 12, I guess. I'll just add 12 back in. Sorry about that. All right. How dare you light my establishment on fire? So, Banked, you are up. You know what? I'm going to smack it with my long sword. I'm not really going to describe it because I feel like nothing will, you know, ever become justice to that. Part of me feels like Banked is having this <laughs> internal crisis right now. <laughs> that is a 21 to hit. That does hit. Exciting. It is 10 points of slashing damage because of okay. curse. Okay. Bambi's turn. I'm going to cast Entangle to get this guy on the wall. That is a strength save. What is your DC? 15. Yeah, that's not going to work. Sorry. I tried. Some mushrooms start popping up from the floorboard and spores start puffing out. This sort of rotting, viney root growing from the wooden floorboards of the bar. They are starting to wither in the fire, but they are reaching for this man's leg. But he is able to quickly swat them down with and step aside as they reach and grab at nothing. Okay, and I'm going to use my free action to ask again. Greg, what triggered this? Talk to me, please. He's got Vinny's shell. Who's Vinny? And I just snap again. And I go towards him, and I try to grab him. Make an attack roll. I rolled an 18. Does not connect. As you reach with your claws, now their natural color, you feel a push against your abdomen as Vinny's shell connects with your belly and pushes you back. All 450 pounds of you. I can't really do anything else. And that is your turn. Which brings us to Sanjana. Oh my gosh. I'm just going to try and do the dagger attack again. Go for it. Same thing. I have a general question. Yes. Is Bambi the only one who cares why this is happening? Because I feel like she is. Pretty much. Damn it. <laughs> uh, what'd you roll? I rolled a nine, but I have an offhand. Yeah, it's not going to work. Sorry. Okay. Offhand? Oh, come on. <laughs> a 13. Well, you rolled a 13. That's a 19. You still get your bonus to hit with an offhand attack. It's that you don't get oh. the additional damage bonus. Oh, so, yay! I rolled a 19. <laughs> Sorry, that's not going to hit, though. Oh, 
but I was really happy. I rolled a 19. A quick flourish, and the sword is now behind his back, and he's pushing your dagger away with the blade of his sword. And we are back to the top of the initiative order, and it is his turn. He is going to do some mental math. His smile is wavering now. And he is going to full disengage, and he's going to head for the exit, and he's going to turn around, and he's going to chest bump himself with his shield and sword, like a pumping himself up sort of a deal. Dinozo I am! Who you are? Don't know! Don't care! Outside take this! Dual island! Four bears! Not at us! And pieces out. Are we still in initiative? Sure, you're in initiative, but he booked it out the bar. Okay. Is 30 feet going to get me out of the bar? It's difficult terrain because of Bambi's spell, unlikely. Okay. I will dash out. Can I see him in eyesight? Am I, like, how far away is he? He has already made it to a bridge connecting this little island to the next island over. Is he within 120 feet? He is within 120 feet. Okay. In which case, I will take two shots at him with Eldritch Blast. Sure. First one is a 14, and the second one, second one's a 12. He turns around fast enough to hold up his shield, and the Eldritch Blast bends around the shield, and then he just keeps moving in the opposite direction. Banked will use his free action to yell some obscenities at him. I think we skip Martello's turn. Oh, oh yeah, I do go first. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. But Martello, he's clearly running from you. He's super afraid of you, absolutely. And LeFou is there backing you up, saying, he's afraid of him! <laughs> of course he is. No one can stand up to the might of Martello! Look at him run with his tail between his legs. Dual Island, I'll kill him there. LeFou, put out this fire. <laughs> the bucket brigade begins. <laughs> I will kill that Deonti. If you have a project or a business that you'd like to promote on our show, please reach out to us at rfedpod at gmail.com. If you don't have a product or a business, but you want to help us anyway, you can share our show with your friends or leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. That will really help us grow and reach more people. You can also like, share, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can take part in polls and ask questions if you'd like us to answer those questions on future Wine and Spirits episodes. You can find all of our handles in one convenient place by visiting our website, rfedpod.com. And now it's Bambi's turn again. There is fire and roots and stuff everywhere and mushrooms popping up like wood fungus. Get the health inspector in here. Listen, my mushrooms are healthy mushrooms. They are good mushrooms. Mushroom babies. Oh, they're your mushrooms? I grow the mushroom. <laughs> All mushroom. My mushroom. Greg is her focus. So where is Greg? Greg is standing amidst the flames, and I don't. I believe that you were in, you had interceded, but Greg had at some point tried to grab at him. So it's sort of in flux right now of where everybody is. Okay, can I grab his like wrist and drag him out of the fire? Because I remember turtle soup, and I don't want that to have two point Greg, do you resist Bambi pulling you out of the fire? At this point, no. 
All right, so you're going to kind of like go with it, in which case I will not require Bambi to make a strength check to pull a 450-pound turtle out of flames. Okay. When they get outside, she's going to try her best to sit him down and cup his face with her hands. Greg, it's Bambi. Please talk to me. What happened? Greg, it is your turn. I need to find him. And then I just start bawling and I don't respond to you. Ooh old man crying yeah like sloppy old man crying yeah it's like real gross she's just gonna pull him into her chest and start rocking him gently is there any chance that martello might have overheard this i don't know is there a chance that martello overheard this perception check 12 probably not amidst the roaring flames and lefou's praise all you're really hearing is martello martello (laughs) don't worry I will end him at Duel Island. That brings us to Sanjana's turn. All right. If we don't think we're actually going to catch this guy, let's go find the boat. The boat? What boat? Wait, what? Did I miss something? He's a pirate. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm feeling seafaring. Suggesting we should do something a little bit illicit, Sanjana? I think we should look around, see if we can find where he might have floated into town or something. Bambi's going to look down at Greg sobbing in her chest. All right, let's do this. At this point, Banked rushes back to the chiseled jaw, panting. I'm going to tell everyone that he tripped and fell into a boat, and then I couldn't catch him. So, yeah, Dinozo's actual escape is probably something along the lines of jumping from the bridge onto an oncoming gondola, pushing the gondolier aside, and shoving off, laughing and giving you the finger. Let's burn his boat down to the ground. Let's find everyone he cares about and murder them. I want to eviscerate them. I want to rip his throat out and eat it. Oh my goodness. Do I hear any of that? (laughs) You know what, Martello? Because right now the chant is still going. Perception check. I'm screaming this, though. All right. If it's okay, I'm going to give myself disadvantage just because Martello's way too into self-glorifying. Yes. (laughs) That's the first time I have ever heard somebody say that. Yeah, my mind just kind of exploded. So, 13. Martello, 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 <laughs> That's right. Martello, I'm going to cave that Martello, pirate's head in at Duel Island. Martello, at what time do you say? Three bells? Four bells? LeFou? It was four bells, Martello! Keep track of that. Bambi is knelt in front of Greg. I get it. You have a history with this guy. We're all going to back you up, but please, could you tell me why? I think this is probably going to be a good place to fade in to the second half of the flashback. Okay. I love it. The stew is good. It turns out that stirring twice as much using the help of a child laborer, it makes things slightly more delicious. Also, freshly caught seafood. So the seafood the hatchlings gathered this morning has been cooking for time, and all of your nieces and nephews are sitting around the bonfire cauldron with you. Rosa is plucking away at a ukulele with freshly painted orange claws, probably ruining the job that you did, but eh, she's a kid, what can you say? Spike is tapping rhythmically with his spoon and a bowl while his shell twin, Accusio, nudges toward the bowl expectantly. Vincenza cracks another crab leg while Michelangelo and Giovanna are shoving each other over a fish or some such nonsense, you know, kids. Meanwhile, Antonio speaks up, Ziogar, tell us another story about Oma. And then Giuseppe chimes in. And the Beach Boys! Oh man, oh man. They were the greatest. I wish you had known Oma. 
he was the coolest cat out there. He revolutionized. He portal. was an actual cat. Oh, not quite. Maybe just in his cool level. He invented Tortle Rock, and he traveled all over, just like your dad, and just like me. Spike lifts up his spoon, like, yeah, and spills the bowl full of food, and Acusio is just like, I wanted that. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right, there's more here. I'm sorry. Yeah, so, oh man. Oma, he was the coolest, and this is what's crazy. Not only was he a rock star, he was a spy. <sighs> like a gasp in unison. <sighs> and then Rose is just like, who did he spy for? I don't know. We told, The king, I guess. You know, he never told me that. <laughs> but anyway, what he would do is he would lure the people who the king was against to his concerts and he would invite them for private showing and he would party with them and get them. You know what? Maybe I shouldn't go too far into this one. They're all like leaning forward expectantly hanging on every word. It's like, yes, please tell the six month old turtle children about the debauchery, drugs, and sex. (laughs) Oh boy. Maybe I tell you this when you're a little older. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, he was so cool. He got to play concerts all over the world. And you know what? Me and your dad, we did that too. And uh, a pang kind of hits him when he's talking about this. Because he realizes as he's talking to his nieces and nephews, who he loves dearly, that that will never happen again for him. Because his brother will die soon. I got to wonder about total parenting. Because if if you're going to mate and then you die within a year of mating, at what point do you tell the kids? So the thing is, is I imagine Greg personally doesn't like to talk about it because he's someone who's left behind. And he's also someone who doesn't really necessarily follow the the ways of the turtle, at least in my homebrew version of this, <laughs> the turtles kind of follow a religion that believe that life the fact that it's ever changing and impermanent is what makes it beautiful so you're supposed to accept that death will happen but at this point in greg's life he wanted to achieve the greatness that oma had oma lived for over 300 years by the way and also is like multi gold record albums i mean after right. all he was the lead guitarist of the beach boys i mean exactly if i knew more about the band i would actually hold up let me google this hold up lead guitarist like, of the beach he, boys he wrote the song good vibrations yes kokomo <laughs> you know carl wilson <laughs> That's actually his real name. No. That was his stage name. Right, right, right. Great, great Uncle Oma's stage name. <laughs> but even if they know about it, which they probably do, Greg doesn't like to talk about it with them and is a little bit resentful because he feels like Grok left him. I'm just imagining Grok and Lim. Now, kids, when your mom and I are gone in 360 days, <laughs> they don't actually call them mom and dad. Oh, okay. They're their sires. Okay. How I wrote it. I probably should send that to you. Probably. They're actually more attached to Greg and their great aunts than they are to Brock and Lim, who are just their sires. Oh, well. 
but the sires are attached. I mean, after all, they're continuing the gene pool. Yeah. Such is the way. <laughs> Such is the way. <laughs> Continue your story, please. I believe we were on uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Oh, yeah, I probably shouldn't tell you all that. But let me think. Let me think back of something I can tell you about Oma. Well, he was very famous and he played guitar. Rosa lifts up the ukulele. <laughs> Thank you, Cleveland! Yeah, you're going to be my little rock star over here. Actually, we should be practicing for the feast. The feast is soon. What feast? Weren't we catching dinner all day? You'd think that, right? But no, actually, this is something that Oma loved. Every year, Oma used to play at the summer feast. You know, the summer feast, it's supposed to be for Shima, the sea mother, but don't worry about that. So basically, Coachella. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of like Coachella and the Feast of San Gennaro <laughs> kind of mixed in. Okay. <laughs> do they have one in the snout? Yeah, they do. <laughs> of course they do. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming <laughs> that they have some kind of feast day. Or feast week or feast festival, Italian-American festival, because that's just like... It's D&D. &D. We can be whatever you want. Well, anyway. <laughs> so Oma used to love the feast because we would all play together on the big stage last day, Saturday night. Everyone in the snout would come and we would rock out and we would party with juice and food. Michelangelo is chewing slowly on the fish that he stole from Giovanna, and Giovanna is just like cocking her head to the side. Juice. Really? Hmm. Yes, I'm drinking juice right now. <laughs> Hair of the dog. Anyway, moving on. So, the best, and this is my favorite part too. Every year, now this is going to be your first year, we always make a puppet of whoever's in charge. Whoever thinks they were in charge of the realm, let's be real. We're all in charge of the realm. Power to the people, right? Giuseppina is fist up, total Black Panther salute. <laughs> Power to the people. And I don't know if you know this, but the puppet I'm working on is the puppet of the king. So Omo, it's actually funny that he used to work for the kings because one of his jobs was making the king puppet. And then this is what we do. We light it on fire at the end. Uh... So everyone's all rocking out. And at the very end, we're going to play the last song. And, Rosa, you're going to take the torch and you're going to light the puppet on fire. And we're going to parade around and have lots of fun. I get to light something on fire? Uh, yes. But maybe I should, yeah, I'm going to supervise that. On that note, a familiar voice calls out to you from the tree line. And you turn and look. It's Donnie, a sunburnt halfling with atrocious teeth. Oh, Donnie! Hey, Donnie, come over here. We're having some food. Donnie comes up, grabs a bowl. Hey, kids, this is your Uncle Donnie. You're not my uncle. Sure, kid. Grabs a ladle and starts spooning himself some food. He's a friend. He's like an uncle. Don't worry about that. You got it? I need to have my stuff. <clears throat> Don't worry about that, kids. Does Donnie call you Greg or does Donnie call you Gar? Gar. Yeah, no, he doesn't go by Greg yet. Okay. Hey, um, Gar. Really digging those bell-bottoms. Oh, yeah, right? Nice and stylish. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, not sure how to talk about it with the kids here, but, uh, I met with, um, our friend and came through with some new material. He's, like, looking around at the kids, second-guessing what he's about to say. 
I could use a um, second opinion, sort of a quality test. I see what you mean. Is this something where I'm doing you a favor and you giving me some for free? No, this is more of a usual arrangement type deal. At least I tried. <laughs> All right, kids. You know what? Why don't you clean up? Your uncle's guard needs to do something quickly. Zeogar, before you go, I think it's out of tune. And Rosa goes through the chord progression and one is just way off. Oh, when I come back, I'll fix it. Uh, why don't you go and uh, help Akuzio do something? Check out the drums. All right, Zeogar. All right, Rosa, I promise I'll be back. We'll play. We'll jam. I can't wait to jam with you. So you're going to head off into the trees with Donnie, and the rest of that afternoon is a little hazy by design. After all, ether's a hell of a drug, man. So wait, what is the equivalent here? Just based on the effect in the rules as written for Essence of Ether, the poison, I'm pretty sure that heroin is the equivalent. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yo. Oh, well, that's why he's so eager to get his fix. So I'm on heroin. I mean, <laughs> essence of ether. Yeah, pretty much. Ether's a hell of a drug. Oh, wait, no, that joke is cocaine. That's cocaine. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what I thought I was going doing, but this is definitely a new level. This is more of a out of it for the afternoon, and you're not really doing much of anything. I feel uh, cool. Which yeah. is actually where the term comes from. Really? I did not know that. Cool. As in, really high on heroin. <laughs> Interesting. Hmm. I'm not sure what to make with that. <laughs> At one point in the sort of hazy afternoon, you're pretty certain that you hear shouting and the voices of children screaming for their aunts, their uncles, their parents. And, and then you hear clearly, Zio Gar, what do you do? So set the scene for where I am when I take the drugs. There's a clearing, two logs set up on either side of a small fire that has now burnt down to embers. Late afternoon, pre-dusk sort of a deal. It's a pretty small clearing, but it's a good distance from Great Kills Beach where you were set up with the cauldron. Mm -hmm. So I think the first thing that Greg is feeling right now is his heart's beginning to race a little bit. He kind of rolls up from the log and slowly dawns on him that, he, wait a second, I was supposed to watch the children. He thought like, oh, I'll just do this and come back. But he got so into the drugs. He looks up and it's way later than he thought it was. He had been losing weight for a while. His pants are kind of loose on him at this point. And so he's struggling to get up. He finally gets up and he's like, all right. What direction was that that sound coming from? So what direction is that sound coming from? It's a little difficult for you to maintain your balance and get your bearings, but it's coming from the beach and you are stumbling quite a bit, like moving around. And it's certainly not helped by the fact that by this point, the belt has effectively come undone and now your pants are sitting around your ankles. I'm base planted. <laughs> I think he's going to begin to crawl. As you're crawling through the trees, none of these trees seem familiar. 
every single tree looks absolutely brand spanking new. Of course, from a bird's eye view, you are baby crawling around the same tree as the screams continue from one direction. And eventually, just as you're getting frustrated by your lack of progress, the screams are gone. You start to wonder where you were headed in such a rush in the first place. Now that there's no more screaming to remind you and you kind of groggily come to. You are now in the trees. You are nowhere near the campsite where you were getting high with Donnie. I think my first thought would be, what the hell, Donnie? That stuff was rough. Like he said, it was a quality test. Yeah, sure, quality. I mean, it was quality. (laughs) I need more. After a little while, you do come dragging your feet out from the trees. And you do start to hear some wailing in the distance. Screaming into the void, primal screaming. Screaming from the beach again? From the beach. Because his first thought is going to be on the drugs. That was a hell of a ride. I'm a terrible person. And I need more or else I'll die. And then, you know when you're like, wait, wasn't I supposed to do something? That you get like this creeping realization. He's going to have this like very slow realization that he has left his nieces and nephews the whole night on the beach by themselves. Yeah, it is past dusk at this point, and there is the faintest sliver of natural light left. And as you make your way out to the beach, there is quite a lot of blood on the sand. Your brother Grok and his mate Lim are near the glowing embers of the cauldron, and they are just weeping. The hatchlings are nowhere to be seen. As you move through the bloody sand, you nudge something with your foot, partially buried, and drop to your knees and part the sand, and you find a severed arm with bright orange claws and a dagger, about a foot in length overall, simple bronze guard, wire-wrapped handle, and the symbol of what looks like an eight-legged basilisk, but with outstretched feathered wings. The same dagger that you carry to this day. Damn question. Yes. Is this Greg telling Bambi what happened? Does Bambi know after this flashback? I will let Greg decide. Greg, are you telling me? (laughs) No, I'm sorry. You don't get to find out. Damn it. Because a podcast is clearly the most visual of mediums. Oh, yeah. We're just going to pan in on the symbol that we discussed, on the hilt of that dagger that you carry around in your inventory. I'm just going to take it out and just, like, stab the table. (laughs) No one knows what I'm doing. I'm just taking it and I'm just stabbing the table. (laughs) That's going to terrify Bambi. Because Bambi thinks it's her fault. We need to find him. And we need to kill him. Combat being over at this point, I'm just going to DM Splain. DM Splain? It's more or less 1am, making four bells about three hours from now. So you still have some time in the city, but none of you in the party knows exactly where Duel Island is, unless someone wants to make me a history check. I can make a history check. I say with my mouth full. I got a 23. Which nobody likes you when you're. That was a solid reference there. Thank you for at least acknowledging it, even if it wasn't funny. That means a lot to me. (laughs) With a 23, Bambi, you do know, Dual Island is essentially a man-made breaker island to the south. 
It is sand and piled up stones on one side with two lighthouses on either end. You know it more from like bad penny dreadful novels than you do from actual history books because in all the stories that you read, this is where all the seedy duels and illicit deals happen because this is the area where the law enforcement turns a blind eye to certain activities. For everything that you've read, it's always romantic reasons like this is where the lovers go to meet where no one will find them or oh, this is where the hero and the villain go to duel to the death for the honor of so-and-so. And yeah. That's the extent of your knowledge, just based on where you're from. So they need to go to Jersey. Jersey. Everything is legal in New Jersey. <laughs> yes, it is very Hamilton. <laughs> Do I know where? South. You just know that it's a breaker sandbar type island into the south. Okay. So it's LBI. <laughs> <laughs> Bambi's going to look up at Martello. Could you tell me where Dual Island is? Martello, can you do me a favor and make a perception check? Nat 20. You never really noticed this before, but she's got really bad breath. Damn it. Terrible breath. And also when you look at her, when she's like blinking and making puppy dog eyes at you, they're kind of like oddly milky and desiccated looking. Seeing Bambi up close for a moment, something's wrong. I've tried so hard. <laughs> a nat 20 is a nat 20. That's true. Martello, she's trying her best, okay? No matter what the skin or the eyes look, you know, the posture is that perfect little puppy dog. I've got the hands in front, head slightly cocked, eyes blinking, eyelashes are still long as hell. Thank you. Uh, now imagine a walking dead zombie doing that she's, to you. <laughs> she's trying so hard to be just the perfect little doting. Oh, Martello. <laughs> she's trying so hard. I appreciate that, but a nat 20 is a nat 20. Okay, let me ask this. Would Martello understand what that means, or would he get have to roll to... So that would be more of a religion check. All right. My religion is... Well, Martello's a genius at everything, so... Obviously. Of course. Nine. He knows everything. It reminds you of some evil stuff, but this... Dear sweet young lass, clearly there's some affliction that befalls her. It couldn't possibly be what you think it could be. Hmm. So, okay, in that case, Martello will respond by taking his hand, putting it on her shoulder and saying, Remember, it's important to hydrate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, also, my, I suggest chewing on mint leaves. And she's going to look at him like, I don't know what that has to do with my question. Because it's been so long that she just doesn't think about it anymore. Yeah. All right. And of course I know where Dual Island is. And I point in the direction it's in. I'm going to go face that man in, uh, what, three bells from now? So I'll sum up. The fire in the bar is put out by the Bucket Brigade. The odd gnarled root and fungal growth in the floor withers away when the spell ends, leaving behind some damage that you won't have to pay for because people are more interested in fawning over Martello in his most recent victory over the notorious pirate. Martello has not yet used his divine senses to blow your cover, so I guess you have that going for you. But Bengt was unable to chase down Dinozo, leaving you only with his cordial invitation to face him again on Dual Island at Four Bells. You guys have a few hours to prepare. 
what do you plan to do with this time? I'm assuming Greg is seething, but you can tell me otherwise if you so desire. No, he's seething. He is so angry. He wants to run after them now. He wants to go there and he wants to rip their ship apart piece by piece. Sanjana, in your extensive history of interesting excursions, have you ever encountered materials that might be apt for a more explosive evening? I'm not really sure what you're trying to say. I'm talking about traps. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Because I never know what you're exactly talking about. I meant like explosive traps. <laughs> Things that we can set off. Anshina was going to take that to a place, so it's good you clarified. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. That's not what I meant to go. Um, oh, no. <laughs> I, Banks looks very uncomfortable now. <laughs> So LeFou is Don kinging it up. Four Bells, Jewel Island, Martello the hero versus Genozo the pirate. That's right. Me versus that pirate Diogenes. <laughs> he grabs your wrist and he holds it up as high as he can, which is about which like- is still just at my waist. Yeah, like abdomen <laughs> height, maybe. <laughs> I lifted up the rest of the way. He's just hanging by my hand. Yes. And everybody's like, oh yeah, spread the word. Four bells, dual island. And then like somebody leaves the bar and then you hear like a child, like hawkers with, with like extra, extra, read all about it. At this point, I'm probably talking to a Delta. Like, yes, I'm going to go fight that man on dual island and then probably oh. murder him. And the Delta is just like plausible deniability, Martello. Plausible deniability. Yes. This never happened. Mausimal deniability. That's right. Yeah, you go tell him. But this conversation never happened, buddy. <laughs> you got it, Stan. So, Sanjana, number one, do you think Martello knows how to read and write? I'm just curious. And number two, this is a trap, right? This cannot not be a trap. You know, Bank, you're full of a lot of questions tonight. Let me tell you something. This guy, pretty face, uh-huh. ain't got two brain cells to rub together. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Of course this is a trap. But a trap's not a trap if you know it's a trap. It's an opportunity. And to answer your first question... I don't know of anything that goes boom, boom around here, but I have a few ideas of where we might find something. What were you thinking? Either explosive traps or acid traps, or we could just have a whole bunch of people lasso him so that way he's restrained and cannot escape, and then we wail on him from afar. My thing is that he's probably going to bring more people onto the fray, in which case we will all be equally matched and it'll be harder to beat him into submission. Like I said, go find the boat. He's going to hold for the docks. He's kind like the water. Trust me. Okay, so are you suggesting that we kill him at three so that way he doesn't get to four? We'll be really punctual. Should we ourselves provide some sort of traps and stuff? I think what we should do is be prepared, but we're not going to let Pretty Boy know. He's got enough on his mind trying to stand upright. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's that, of course. But also... Oh, I go to check the bag on the ground. All the stuff, all the ingredients, oh no, all the ingredients that were dropped. So all of the round bottom flasks are in pieces. Exciting. Yeah, they are now hemisphere bottom flasks. <laughs> it's funny. The saltwater taffy's fine. The xanthan gum's fine. The rubber tubing is fine. As you open up the wooden box that the griffin blood vials were in. Oh man. Mixing can't be good. Lucky for you, the wooden box saved them. They are still stoppered, and they are still intact. Okay. Unfortunately, one of the vials of arsenic is broken, and some of the powder remains inside, and the rest is scattered throughout the contents of the crate. 
Now, be honest with me. Was everything carried inside the same crate? It wasn't Greg. I was holding it, so I imagine that. There's a lot of stuff. I would think actually no, because the, the yeah. size of the flasks that you described seem like they would have taken up their huge. own kind of thing. Yeah. Anything that Greg was holding was tossed, and not just tossed, it was thrown. Hold my beer. Take my purse. Hold my weave. I don't think we ever dictated if Greg was carrying everything. I was holding 300 pounds of the stuff, so if there's anything else, presumably you guys would have held other things. You were probably really holding the round bottom flasks, because those were like the heavy stuff. Yeah. It's like the groceries. If you get the eggs, you're holding the eggs and maybe something else, and everyone else is carrying all the other stuff. So yeah. Yeah. I would imagine the flasks were a separate item, whether they were the heaviest or not, they were being carried individually, because that's how yeah. you would do it with a glass item. In that case, I won't taint your saltwater taffy with arsenic. Oh, please, no. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's awful. <laughs> I mean, it's not like Bambi can die again. You probably would have shared some candy with kids. Oh, that's true. Okay, so one of the things of arsenic is gone, so we need to get another arsenic. All the flasks. Flasks. We should get a new container. A new container for the arsenic? Or just in general? For, for every, for in general, Scott's going to be like, there was residue. You, you use the same dirty bag or whatever, or crate. So we'll get a clean crate and make sure there's no residue of anything else so that the things remain pure. <laughs> I don't understand why you all think that I'm out to get you, aside from having murdered all of you. I mean... <laughs> I take umbrage. Yeah, it's just a party of mostly undead people, and then he had me play a paladin. Yeah. By the way, Martello, <laughs> that was a metaphor. That was a joke. It was real. Wait, did someone say arsenic? What? I I, I was enjoying <laughs> the, the the cheering. Yeah. All he heard was. <laughs> that's all he heard. Um. He was like, "My yes, wonderful, isn't it?" Yes, I know. I pull the cape aside and show that my armor has a perfectly, like, formed butt cheeks, oh, just like it has God. perfectly formed abs. Question, Martello, how do you pee? Scratch that? I don't want to know. Martello. Yes? What are you planning on doing until Four Bells at Duel Island? Unless anyone asks for my help in doing anything, I'm going to enjoy the adoration for a little while, and then I'm going to stop drinking, start drinking some water, and start uh, stretching, because it's all important for physique. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to pull a hammy while during the duel. Yeah, you gotta prevent those injuries, man. Just imagine in full armor doing lunges. Oh, by the way, is the fire out? <laughs> there was a bucket brigade. This is not the first time this establishment has caught fire during a bar fight. Specifically, this establishment has caught fire. This week. This week. This is D&D. Bambi's gonna look at Banked. Are you coming with us or are you continuing the shopping? If you continue the shopping, then maybe someone who can sober up can help you carry things? That might be a good idea. And in the meantime, if you guys want to go take a look for some... Oh, of course. Sanjana and I have covered. Don't you worry. Do you want to take Martello or do you want me to bring Martello? You might want to keep him occupied while we uh, are on the other side of town. Be a good idea. In which case, Martello can ham it up with the shopkeeps. I'm going to put my hand on Greg's shoulder. Four Bella's not here yet. Just to make things easier for you, four bells is ship's talk for 4 a.m. It's not like that's the timekeeping method. It's like the word a.m. does not exist in D&D. <laughs> right. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. It's like, four bells is just ship talk. Sure. He's a pirate. I mean, come on. 4 a.m. is not here yet. A good thing that Martello understood that or else he'd be like, where, where are the bells? You might think that, but LeFou is there for you. <laughs> oh. LeFou is always there for you. <laughs> Thank you, LeFou. 
do you want to come with us? Are you asking me? I'm asking Greg. Oh, okay. Come with you to... Go shopping and stuff to take your mind off of things. I need to find them. I won't stop you then. You do your thing. Know that when it comes time, I will be there to help. I appreciate that, buddy. Banked awkwardly walks away, snapping at Martella to come with him. <laughs> Excuse me. My new friend wants me to join him. I knew I'd win him over. <laughs> I'll be right back, LeFou. Unless you want to join. No. LeFou is there for you. No. <laughs> LeFou is always there. Uh, man, I love that sitcom, You, Me, and LeFou. It's like that song, <laughs> You, Me, and Your Friend Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Candlelight and moonlight all around us. I look into your eyes. I did not expect a Garfunkel and Oates reference. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, let's do some shopping. Um, he says angrily. Should we, should we, ooh, 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 I can't hold anything. Um, oh, I just... Oh, no. That's why Marcelo's oh, with no. you, who can carry things. And that's why I bring LeFou to carry things. Hey, Martello, you're a big, strong guy, right? Yes. The strongest! Hey, Martello, look over there. Huh? <laughs> and I'm going to reach inside of my body and take out all of the gold coins that are swimming in my juices <laughs> and with Mage Hand hold them in one place. As I as I as I reach into my internal organs and pull out, or the the emptiness that should my internal organs should exist, and I will pull out my gold. This has to you. You went on too long. I was gonna just let it happen, and then you just belabored the point. Yeah, I need a sleight of hand check. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. It's really gross. So. <laughs> Just fishing around in your abdominal cavity. Yeah. More than gross, it's bizarre. And you're in the middle of a crowded bar. And I was going to ask oh, you, yeah. like, he told me to look away. Did LeFou? <laughs> you know what? LeFou looks where you look. <laughs> <laughs> I got a natural one. <laughs> and things just got a little bit more interesting. Oh, things got real complicated. Things got oh. real complicated. Martello, I need an intelligence check. <laughs> All right, cool. That's a two, minus one, so one. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. Oh, no. So, Martello, <laughs> boy, that sure is the strangest pocket you've ever seen. <laughs> Did you get that custom made? Uh, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. LeFou <laughs> is glaring at you. Yeah, yeah. What did you tell the tailor in order to get a pocket like that? I found this on the side of the road. It's actually a magic item, and I can turn it into whatever type of fabric that I want to. You want to see? Yeah. Deception check. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep on digging that hole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Natural one. <laughs> this story just isn't adding up. Something's really wrong here. No. Wait, wait, wait. I could always roll a natural one on insight. This is true. Insight check. See, what is my insight? Okay. Ten. Martello, he is lying. There is no magic item. This is all wrong. I'm going to roll another intelligence check to see if, if he would use his vision. I'm going to say 11 and up. So I would have to roll a 12 or higher. Would you agree with that? I mean, that's you, you're setting your own limits here for just how dumb, uh, how gullible Martello is. That's true. In that case, I'll I'll make it a thirteen. Okay. So he's clearly lying to you, but he must have his reasons. After all, he's a good guy, right? And he's your friend. 
Yeah, oh, that's right. He's my friend. <laughs> that you worked very hard to get. I'll let him keep his secrets <laughs> for now. Friends respect boundaries. He rolled an eight. Hey, hey, I rolled a nine minus one. Minus one. <laughs> There's a difference, ladies and gentlemen. There's a difference. Do not downplay my luck. It's my skill that brings me down. <laughs> God, that's so much worse. <laughs> However, it's not nearly as bad. It's getting two natural ones in a row. I'm just saying. So let me just zoom out from this conversation. Everyone in the bar is just staring at Banked, fishing around in his abdomen for coins. <laughs> yeah. I'm like pulling out goo-soaked coinage. They're looking at Martello and they're looking at Banked and they're looking at Martello and they're looking at Banked. He's not... Does he not see it? Like, does he not? Is this for real? Am I high right now? What's great about the fact that Martello's like Gaston is the fact that if Martello doesn't react, no one else will. Oh, exactly. That's a fair point. I mean, if he's okay with it, then it must be okay, right? No one's going to doubt Martello. If Martello is calm, then. Well, Martello is always right. Worried. And that's why you don't have a stupid leader. Just because you said that, keep in mind, you're alone with Martello, and you're going to have to buy arsenic. Oh. Oh, there's no one to distract you Let's see how this goes, since you want to talk all big. <laughs> that's absolutely true. Let's go wreck an economy. Part two, Electric Boogaloo. Thank you for listening to Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. It would really help us if you subscribe, share, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Our theme music is by Taylor Calise, additional sound effects courtesy of zapsplat.com, and our thumbnail art is by John Bliss. Find more of his work on Twitter at John Bliss Art. Our episodes are produced by me and co-edited by our resident mushroom, Jin, who streams on twitch.tv slash Our social media manager is our favorite surly turtle, Sombra. You can find all of our social media handles and full show notes on our website, rfedpod.com. 